2: Or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And
1: now, we go into the thick of it. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, once again holding it down for the family, sending you greetings from the Addison tribe. So happy to be with you today. Uh, We have a great show planned today uh, in the second segment. Maybe even a third segment, uh, we will have uh, Derek Green joining us to talk about a couple articles that uh, he's uh, written uh, concerning uh, critical race theory, intersectionality, uh, anti-racism, all these things that um, really, as believers, we need to understand and learn about because these ideals have in- infiltrated the church. And so we'd love to talk to Derek Green in the second segment, maybe third segment about this. But first, let me get this out of the way. Uh, We have our podcast. You can download uh, at AFR.net slash podcast, or you can go to AFR.net, the homepage, click on the podcast tab and search for Aaron Addison's or whatever show you would like to download. Also, make sure you you email us if you have a question or a comment at Addison's at AFR.net. That's A-D-D-I-S-O-N-S at AFR.net. Also, make sure you go to AFR.AFA.net and check out the events page uh, and see when there are some town halls or different things that are happening. Uh, You can uh, stay on top of that as afanet slash events. And also, make sure uh, you go and check out the In His Image documentary. Uh, You can view it at InHisImage.movie. Uh, It's a great resource for churches, for uh, individuals, for Bible studies. uh, Great, great information, testimonies, and it answers a lot of questions that we may have in our fellowships. or Things that we've been thinking about uh, concerning sexuality in the Bible and what should we believe as far as Christians. In his image, that movie. Operation uh, Christmas Child is underway and we're... um, Getting our our uh, boxes filled, so you could pack a shoebox and help us send great joy and the good news of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. You could be a part of evangelism and discipleship when you pack an Operation Christmas Child shoebox. American Family Radio is joining Operation Christmas Child to share the hope and love found in Jesus Christ through a simple shoebox gift. Uh, for more information on that, you can go to SamaritansPurse.org OCC. Something great to be a part of for you, for your family, for your fellowship. We, we did it as a fellowship uh, this year. Our, our little fellowship had opportunity to, to send off 100 shoeboxes and our fellowship is pretty small. But that's something that we all got together and were able to do. So praise God for that. And you can do the same. Also, I want to let you know about the Orange Letter campaign. November uh, 9th through the 13th, Engage magazine is once again teaming up with Global Outreach International uh, for this year's OLC, Orange Letter campaign. And each year we give AFR listeners an opportunity to send letters to persecuted Christians and missionaries around the world. And so far we've delivered letters to Egypt, Syria, North Korea, and Nigeria. And this year... Listeners will be able to send letters to people that are on the mission field in different countries around the world. These letters will be sent with Christmas cards to missionaries that are away from home and family during the Christmas season. And This year, we want to shed light on how COVID-19 has affected the missionaries. Uh, some were back in the U.S. to raise funds and became separated long-term from their mission fields. Some became trapped uh, in the countries uh, they minister in, and some are, are losing funding. And may have to leave their mission field. Then take time to send letters of encouragement and prayer to missionaries around the globe. Uh, keep it to 200 words or less. And the letters can be e- emailed to orange at Orange at AFA, dot net. Orange at A-F-A dot net. And the deadline for the for the letters is November 20th. November 20th. OK, so that's the deadline for those letters. All right. In this first segment, I I wanted to kind of get us ready for hopefully some of the discussion that we're going to have with Derek uh, Green uh, in the second segment. And when we talk about critical race theory, intersectionality, all these different things, um, I always say that contained within the word of God, we have all that we need. As Christians, when there are problems that arise, when there are conflicts, we should be able to go to the scripture and and understand what the Lord is calling for us to do. I personally don't believe we need to go to outside sources, you know, and different models and tools to find out how in the body of Christ we should relate to one another. We are a family. And like with, with natural families, there are problems that arise. There are different things that come up. But these things should not uh, uh, divide us and separate us to a point where, you know, we don't want to have anything to do with other, other people. That's not the way it goes, and that's not the way it is in the body of Christ. So I want to read a passage of Scripture in Colossians chapter 3, and I've read this before, but I think it's, it's, it's just one of many great uh, passages uh, to show us as Christians how we should treat our brothers and sisters. And it says, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, uh, impurity, passion, evil desires, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, Malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. Verse 10. And have put on the new self, who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, Circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and freeman. But Christ is all and in all. Verse 12. So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone. Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. And let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness, In your hearts to God, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God, the father. And I'll stop there. And I just want to put a particular emphasis at verse 12, because there are things that arise. There are problems, like I said, that arise. There are conflicts that arise even in the body of Christ. We have different personalities. We have different uh, uh, um, upbringings and things like that. And it may kind of inform the way that we act. And sometimes, you know, you might have two people that don't jive with each other. You know, you you just don't click. But we are still brothers and sisters in the body of Christ nonetheless. So when we have these things, when we have partiality issues, you know, you know, I don't want to just boil it down just to racism. I want to say partiality because that spans beyond the color of one's skin. It can go towards socioeconomic status and other things. When you have those issues, how do you deal with that? Well, the Apostle Paul tells us here, and it'll we'll start at verse 12 once again. So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, compassion, kindness, humility, humility, gentleness, and patience. Patience. Then he goes on to say, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. See, some of the uh, mindset of what's out there now is, you know, that there's a group of people that has to have to repent on behalf of, you know, their ancestors for what their ancestor did to another group of people, you know. And I, I feel like that's foolishness because you should, you know, repent for your sin. If you have partiality issues, if you have stuff going on where you look down upon some, somebody else, I mean, partiality is talked about in the book of James. Uh, it's talked about, you know, uh, in other areas of the Bible. You deal with it. You deal with it. You, get, you don't get a pass if that's your thing that you're dealing with. If you look down upon another brother or sister or whoever it may be, because they are different skin color or because they are lower uh, economic status or whatever. And you say that you name the name of Christ, you need to deal with that. You get no pass. But at the same time, you know, if that's not something that you have done, don't let anyone push that stuff upon you. I really hope that the body of Christ would understand this because there are, are forces, first of all, there are arguments and doctrines of demons who are seeking to divide the body of Christ. We combat the enemy with the word of God, just as Jesus did when he was tempted. And this stuff, as we're going to talk about the CRT, critical race theory, intersectionality, anti-racism, racism, all this stuff is very sensual and alluring to the flesh. You know, as being a, a black man, it will play up on, you know, man, you're the victim. Man, this country has been set up in such a way that there's a system in place that no matter how hard you try, you can't make it. But my thing is, I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. So there's nothing that's impossible. I'm not. It's, so when we make those arguments and say that, you know, in Christ, we still have these systems that con- that control things. Well, is Christ not more powerful than any system of this world? I mean, you can't have it both ways. You can't be a victor and talk about that, you know, on Sunday mornings, but then a victim at the same time. You have to choose one. So in Christ. The way that I look at things is if there are systems set up. Well, they don't they're not going to hold me down because I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. I'm not a victim to this world system. And matter as a matter of fact, my mind and my heart is heavenward. Anyway, it's not bogged down by the things down here. But if there are things that we, that that we have conflict with with other believers, we should display pa- compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Then he says, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. So just like we've been forgiven for our sin and we know that we deserve debt, we deserve hell. But Christ forgave us our sin. Who are we to hold back forgiveness to anyone? Who are we? Look, we have to be to a point where we understand what the Bible requires us as Christians to do. Even in conflicts, even when we have a country that had slavery, that had, you know, uh, partiality big time and things were happening. Man, but in here, in the body of Christ, we have to go beyond that and reach the scripture and say, Lord, how do I deal with my brother or my sister who I know, you know, may have some issues? Or if they don't have issues, like, am I going to hold things that were done in the past forever? I think we have to find freedom in the word of God. We have to find freedom in the word of God. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Will Addison. I'll be be back right after this.
3: Brings joy in my sadness.
1: This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, once again, holding it down for the family. And uh, this segment, and maybe next segment, I have a special guest with me. Uh, I read an article from this brother here, and, um, and I was just like, man, he, he is on it about um, the issues of critical race theory, intersectionality, and some of the things that I've talked about on this show, and I know my wife and I, we've covered uh, many times, whether it be conferences or whatever. But uh, and I don't think I'm overstating it, but I, I see this issue as a uh, athanasius moment for the church that we have to contend uh, uh, on this issue because it's very divisive, very destructive to the body of Christ. And uh it's trying to erect walls, walls that are, have already been torn down by, by Christ. And so I think we need to be alerted uh, to this. Um, so my guest today is Derek Green. Uh, He's a political commentator, a writer, and a member of Project 21, a national leadership network of black conservatives. Uh, His work has been featured and cited in a number of media outlets, including Town Hall, The American Spectator, NBC, The Daily Caller, The American Conservative, uh, and many newspapers across the United States. Uh, He's also a faculty member at Prager University, and his course, Who Are the Racist, Conservatives, or Liberals?, has over 1 million unique views across several social media platforms. Derek has earned earned his Master's of Arts in uh, Theological Studies from Fuller Theological uh, Seminary and his doctorate in uh, Theology and Spiritual Leadership with a concentration in identity formation from Azusa Pacific University. Derek, I want to welcome you to the show.
2: Thank you. It's good to be with you.
1: Now, Derek, this this topic, man, uh, because... When, when it's talked about, there's, there's many terms, you know, uh, that when the, the regular Christian hear, hears these terms, it's like it kind of flies over our heads, you know, like what is this stuff? But it's being played out even uh, within the churches, you know, we have denominations that have submitted to some of these ideals. So critical mm-hmm. race theory, uh, intersectionality, anti-racism, you know, that these are, are, are some of those terms. Um, Why should we be thinking about these things today? What's important uh, about us knowing uh, what these things are and how how we see them playing out?
2: Well, it's a good question, and I think there's a number of reasons why we should be concerned and why we should be paying more attention, uh, particularly uh, as Christians in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the reasons is because uh, critical race theory... Really draws our attention away from our identity that is based in the image of God mm. and redeemed, the renewed in the image of Christ, uh, towards this idea that we can re- recreate ourselves in our own image based off of superficial identities. And so, what critical race theory um, suggest? Well, first of all, what what what, what, what anti racism suggests. Um, Well, no, I'll start with critical race theory. Critical race theory simply says that all of these identities that we can try to assume on our own, whether we're black, whether we're a woman, uh, whether we happen to be homosexual, or any other of these uh, superficial identities, once we identify with that, what what anti-racism and critical race theory attempts to do is to create this cross-section to try to find out the, the, the lengths and the depths of victimization based off mm. of that identity. Mm-hmm. And so once you find out that you—once that you, you embrace these multiple identities, you can find out how, how much you've been oppressed, uh, either by society, uh, by systems, quote-unquote, of privilege, uh, systems, quote-unquote, of racism, uh, to deepen that oppression, to not only create a sense of innocence in oneself uh, based off of these identities, but also to attribute sins and guilt to other people, mm. primarily in, in our culture mm. um, our white brothers and sisters, yeah, and so what that does is that further separates us apart from one another when in the body of Christ we are supposed to be drawing near to one another yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know in, in, in Matthew Jesus says, when you are giving your gift at the altar and you realize that you are separated from your brother, leave your gift there. Mm go then and be reconciled to your brother, at which point you can come back and continue to offer your gift to God, which seems to signal to me that reconciliation is a very high priority. Uh, In that particular situation, a higher priority than giving one's gift to God. And so we need to be be, um, uh, concerned because we don't want to be drawn apart. We want to be edified and drawn together because Mm. anti-racism and intersectionality Compromises it actually subverts reconciliation in the body of Christ, and so that's wow. that's a long-winded way of, of of explaining why we as Christians need to be of uh, very very attentive to. The, the increasing persuasiveness of of critical race
1: theory and anti racism. Yeah, that that's 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 good. That's a great answer. And uh, my heart is that the people that will be listening today they will have more of understanding of of these terms because they're playing out. Even if you don't know these terms, which we want you to know, um, you can see this stuff happening even within our churches. But in your article, are uh, rejecting anti racism for Christian forgiveness and reconciliation? You talk about the concept of anti-racism, actually stripping away individuality. Uh, what is m- uh, meant by this?
2: Well, again, when we're created in the image of God, that's where our identity is, 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 is that's the foundation. Uh, you know, once we accept Christ into our lives, we're renewed. So this is this is our identity. Our identity, primary identity, should be as Christians. But also, mm-hmm. and this is, you know, one can make a very clear argument that American individualism um, sometimes goes too far, mm. but what what I'm suggesting is it collapses that that biblical anthropology from being created in the image of God and having my own you know personality, my own characteristics. It it flattens it into simply a reflection of part of the race. So you're not your own person. You're simply Black, and that therefore, based off of this methodology, because you're Black, you think a particular way, you're supposed to think a particular way, you're supposed to act a particular way, Uh, you know, you're supposed to feel a particular way, rather than you saying, listen, I may be Black, that augments my identity, but is not the center of my identity. I have my own interests and non-interests because of who I am. That it, it doesn't take that into consideration, and so mm-hmm. what it does is it wants to deal with people as reflective, uh, reflective members of groups rather than individuals. So then they deal with people as groups, and a lot of times what ends up happening is that the way that they deal with you know people as groups, particularly uh, Black Americans, uh, it, they don't take into consideration the different ways people think, act, mm-hmm. you know, the belief systems, the whole thing. Yeah, uh, and so I think it undermines who we are, not only as as, as as blacks in America, but as Christians who happen to be black.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. and I think
2: it does it does a, a disservice not mm-hmm. only to interpersonal relationships, but it seems to me to suggest that they, by grouping us in this way, they think there's a particular way we're supposed to act, and there's only one way that we'll be able to thrive or develop in the country, and that's based off of what they say is possible, or what they say can happen, or whatever tools that they give us to succeed. And so to me, (laughs) I interpret anti-racism as another form of white supremacy, because Mm. the people who believe this way are trying to dictate to American blacks what they can and cannot do, what they can and cannot think, and how they they can act in their own personal lives.
1: So, so my question would be, you know, staying in, in this vein, uh, why do you think black Americans, you know, have, have bought into this notion of systems that are set up to stop our advancement, even black Americans who are Christians? Because to me, it seems like as a Christian, I'm like, well, first and foremost, my identity, like you said, is in Christ. And right. so um, whatever system there is in this world that may even be set up, I have, I'm in Christ and so, you know, that, to me, trumps everything that would be a system of this world. But why do you think we we bought into this? That's a good question, and, and uh, <laughs> I,
2: I wrote part of my dissertation on this, on this very thing. I can give you what I think it is. I think mm-hmm. that what has happened is um, post-civil rights, because of the advancements and achievements that we won during civil rights, and achievements that we won, based off of that civil rights movement being grounded and started in black churches, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, We achieved a lot. The Lord helped us through. I think what happened was post-civil rights, rather than going into the age of freedom, uh, as formerly oppressed people trying to make the most of new opportunities, we started to redefine ourselves based upon our racial identities. So for 55-plus mm. years, we've been re- trying to redefine ourselves racially rather than religiously. So we, we went hmm. from Negro to Afro-American to, to Black to African-American with a hyphen. Uh, now an African-American with no hyphen, now it's this umbrella term of people of color, which to me is reminiscent of colored people right. under segregation. Right. We, not once have we tried to redefine ourselves either by our national identity, saying, we are now going to literally integrate into this country in which we've been here, uh, you know, for, for close to 400 years, or we've not tried to redefine ourselves based upon our religious identity. Now, that the second part is the most concerning, because it was our religious identity that brought us through the evils of slavery, mm. through segregation, to achieve the the... the, 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 the Uh, the successes of the civil rights movement Mm -hmm. and so it is because of our religiosity that got us through and blacks are still the most religious demographic in the country but yet we don't primarily identify ourselves as christian blacks or american blacks we still define ourselves as black and then black you know modifies whatever we Mm -hmm. are we're a black american or we are a black christian yeah and so i think i think that's one of the reasons and i think the other reason too is it is, you know, Shelby still talks about this a lot, in that post-civil rights, America became consumed with its collective guilt because of slavery and, and segregation. Yeah, And so they've been on this movement to repair their moral authority for 60 years. What has happened during that time is that we have just given over to to mainstream America trying to repair its moral image not only domestically but internationally because of those two moral stains in our country. Mm. So we've kind of ceded direction of our own fate to people who are trying to regain moral authority. The logical consequence of that is, is what I think we're seeing now, is that mainstream America is more concerned with reclaiming moral authority rather than Black development and Black flourishing. And so that has been ultimately divisive Mm -hmm. in our culture, uh, but but certainly in the Church. And I think that because of the missteps with slavery and segregation, and in some ways the Church being complicit with both, the Church is reticent to take a firm moral stand to say, despite our sins uh, or inadequacies of the past, we still proclaim and have the gospel of Christ that can transcend those sins and differences. Yeah. They, just, they, they, they haven't had the confidence to do that. Until the church has that confidence, we're going to start see we are just going to see more of this.
1: Yeah, and, and, and it's something, because I know of, of instances where, uh, amongst believers, there were relationships with, you know, uh, maybe, you know, black and white, uh, and, and they were thriving and, and, you know, taking care of each other's children and, and things like that. But when this stuff really started to infiltrate, uh, it has broken relationships— you know, it has mm-hmm. like severed, you know, ties and, and congregate people have, have left congregations that they were a mm-hmm. part of for, for years and years. And, I, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking like, man, that should be a dead giveaway that something is wrong, you know, uh, with these ideals is breaking is breaking things apart. And I wonder, you know, uh, as it concerns our white brothers and sisters, you know, because a lot the the people that told me this, they were saying like they were being told that they can't speak. They can't say anything. They have to be there right. to learn and to listen. And I'm like, right. you know, so I understand if there's a person that's feeling like, well, you're not showing empathy, you know, to to my struggle or whatever. But on, on the on the other side, we have to be willing to listen, right? And 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 not mm-hmm. shut people down and say you can't speak. You got to learn from me, and you know, you got to just sit there and just take what I'm saying. You know, I don't see how we ever get out of this.
2: That's right. That's right. And, and listen, this. You're not going to have a positive relationship, and you're not going to have a cooperative relationship if the beginning of the relationship starts out with, shut up and listen. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's not going to work. Right. Okay, so the thing about this is, is that there should be an element of which white brothers and sisters say, well, let me listen, because I come from a cultural group that, that hasn't experienced what it means to be in the minority, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, don't, we don't have a collective history of saying that we've been subjugated and, and seen as uh, separate but unequal, so let me just listen to see what's going on so I can familiarize myself with it. That. That's, that's okay. Yeah. But simply saying to, 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 to shutting people up to lecture them right. uh, is, is, a, is a form of power that's similar to what happened during segregation. And white people would say, you can't say anything, you shut up and listen. <laughs> if it was wrong, then it's wrong now.
1: Right. So we
2: can't start off with that. We, what we have to say is and again, my, my heart goes out to, it because again, not knowing what it's like to be a marginalized group, you don't have a familiarity with that. You mm-hmm. don't, you've never been concerned with it. You've never had to be concerned with being uh, free and, and not being prejudged before people, you know, got to know you. You've never been treated as subhuman that's a lot to, to bear and if you don't have that type of experience it's very hard to sympathize but it's even more difficult to empathize wow. so so my heart goes out to that but at the same time if we're ever going to transcend that's what separates us yes. it has to be a, a relationship of mutuality in which we walk as equals you know step in step hand in hand towards solving this problem yeah uh, we can't we can't bring the the power uh the, the power hierarchy, I guess, so to speak, that's in the world into the church. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, that, that's just not going to work. Uh, it doesn't work. It hasn't worked in the world. So why do we think if we Christianize it, it's somehow going to work uh, in the body of Christ? Yeah, let's do, so, let's do this
1: because uh, we're coming up on a break. I'm going to hold okay. it right here and, and have some more questions. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Guest is Derek Green. We'll be back right after this. This is Aaron Addisons here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison once again, and my guest today is Derek uh, Green, and we're talking about um, anti-racism, critical race theory, intersectionality—all these different terms that we see more and more uh, creeping up, even within the, the body of Christ, within the church. And uh, when we when we left off; we were talking about even relationships being severed, uh, even in, within the church, because of some of these teachings that. Have been uh, going on uh, within the body of Christ and and uh, people people's relationships being torn. It's just a sad thing. And Derek, I want to uh, mention uh, even uh, just picking up where we left off. um, When someone who is white would say, hey, I don't have those issues. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I hear what you're saying, but that's not me. Then there's this accusation of, uh, well, yeah, you do have it. And you're just uh, submitting to whiteness, and so you know uh, you still need to just comply and repent, and and you need to listen to to what I'm saying, even if you feel like you don't. You really are racist or whatever. Like it's it's like a, a lose lose situation. It
2: is a lose lose situation. It's it's one of those things where again they're they're trying to make uh, you know the sons and grand the the, the children and the grandchildren pay for the sins. Of the father
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and that's one it's unbiblical uh, I think it goes against uh, Ezekiel 18 uh, that it pretty much says that each man pays for his own sin mm. and so this type of thing where, where just because someone is white their thoughts their attitudes ideas beliefs uh, and behaviors are somehow a perpetuation of white privilege or white supremacy uh, again it is it is an inverting of the racism that was dished out upon blacks uh, during slavery and segregation, saying just because you are black, uh, you are are less than equal. You are subhuman. You're not. You're not uh, a citizen. So on and so forth. And so this this notion that we we want to project upon people sins and guilt and shame that they, that they haven't earned. Again, it's it's unchristian, and and, and I don't see how uh, reconciliation of of interracial relationships occurs when you are constantly putting people on the defensive to make them pay uh, uh, for debts that they haven't incurred.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, w- w- Jesus went to the cross, Cross, you know, after being bit, uh, beaten, uh, after having the crown of thorns uh, placed upon his head, uh, you know, after carrying his cross and then being nailed to it as the people were mocking him, he looked down upon them and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Right. If right. Jesus is able to, to forgive people who inflicted that kind of torment Amen. on him for us, then we should be able to at least extend the type of grace and compassion and Christian love to our white brothers and sisters to say, we're not going to make you accountable for something that you didn't do. Amen. Let us start anew from here going forward that both you and I can be ambassadors of the inbreaking kingdom of God. Yeah. That's the way to proceed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, what you just said... You know, you went to the scripture, which, I, which we call the straight edge, the straight edge of scripture, mm. you know, to combat those, you know, ideals. And I was uh, before you came on, I was reading in Colossians chapter three, and it talks about exactly this, you know, where we need to show compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving mm-hmm. each other. And whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. He, mm-hmm. apostle paul breaks it down right there that we should have a heart of compassion and gentleness and and we should bear with each other but these ideals don't call for bearing with each other in that way it's no. like no you're wrong you know you've done this and even if you don't feel like you've been the one that has done this you're still you're still wrong you know and it's like man mm-hmm. it's 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 apart from the word of god this is not what the word of god teaches us but i, I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. um even just on the same, in the same lanes, thinking about the church, uh, in 2019, the SBC approved CRT and intersectionality as being, they say, analytical tools that explain how race has and continues to function in society. And intersectionality is the study of how different personal characteristics overlap and inform one's experience. Therefore, they resolved that CRT and intersectionality should only be employed as analytical tools subordinate to Scripture, uh, not as transcendent uh, ideological frameworks. So my question is to to, to you: is um, uh, when we have the straight edge of Scripture, why do we need these tools within the body of Christ?
2: You know, it's it's interesting. I don't I don't think that we need those tools to edify Scripture. I think if Scripture can't stand on its own, it's not Scripture. Yeah. Uh, so I think that it is Scripture. Uh, but I think that that CRT anti-racism is anti-racism is only good to know what the world is doing, what the enemy is doing to subvert uh, what what Christ and the Holy Spirit continues to do. Yeah. So we can find out, we can learn anti-racism, we can learn about critical race theory, we can understand that, that these are just different, uh, updated forms of oppression, they're updated forms of, of divisiveness, uh, uh, They again, they flatten anthropology uh, completely. So we can understand what they're attempting to do, but at the same time, it's always going back to Scripture to say, this is what the world is teaching, and this is what's uh, infiltrating the Church, mm-hmm. this is why we have to be on guard, and this is how the Scripture counters it. And so I, I don't—again, I, I think the SBC, frankly, is wrestling with, with its own history of
3: mm-hmm. uh, supporting
2: yeah. slavery and segregation, and right. they just simply are, are working that out in public in real time. <laughs> yeah. Um, to, to overcome that and i think that right. as time goes on i think that they're going to hopefully uh, realize that capitulating to culture isn't the way yeah. to transcend the past sins It's simply saying we were wrong uh please forgive us for what we did mm-hmm. uh, and then trying to move forward but this 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 idea that they're going to embrace you know doctrines in my opinion uh that further things that contradict scripture makes no sense at all
1: Right, right. And there's a lot of, like you said, that's guilt that plays into this, you know. That's right. And uh, yes, you can recognize that we've done this in the past and this is this mm-hmm. is how we were birthed, <laughs> you know, but we renounced right. we renounced that that's not who we are today. And I think we go forward. That's the conversations that I believe we can have, you know, within the body of Christ to say, man, don't hold that against us. Just as Christ forgave you, so forgive us, you know, and let's go mm-hmm. forward, you know, and that's. And it's laid out in Scripture, and it seems like we miss it, you know, because we want to integrate all these other tools and all these other books, you know, and, and we kind of bypass the Word of God. But, you know, if we, if we would see, you know, how they work things out within the Word of God, we have a framework for how we should work things out today. I want to, um, to ask you, even on like a national level, and I want, I want to uh, play this clip, and you're probably familiar with this. This was uh, the... The presidential debate that just happened, and it actually came up in that first uh, debate. Uh, so this has been gain, gaining steam uh, even politically uh, as the question w- was asked in in that debate. And I'll just let me see. I'll just play this clip.
0: Vice President Biden. Nobody's doing that. He's just he's oh, the you, racist. You, you just don't. Here's the deal. I I know a lot more about you this. Don't. You, do it. Let him finish. It. The fact is that there is racial insensitivity. People have to be made aware of what other people feel like, what, what insults them, what is demeaning to them. It's important that people know they don't want to, many people don't want to hurt other people's feelings, but it's, it makes a big difference. It makes a gigantic difference in the way a child is able to grow up and have a, self, a sense of self-esteem. It's a little bit like how this guy and, and his friends look down on so many people. They look down their nose on people like Irish Catholics like me and grew up in Scranton. They look down on people who don't have money. They look down on people who are of a different faith. They look down on people who are a different color. In fact, we're all Americans. The only way we're going to bring this country together is bring everybody together. There's nothing we cannot do if we do it together. We can take this on and we can defeat racism in America. Vice President. So that
1: question that that was asked was, you know, about... Critical race theory and, and and President Trump, he responded, you know, uh, and he was saying it's a problem. It's being taught in the schools, you know, and, the, mm-hmm. and they're teaching the country to 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 hate this country, you know, teaching kids to hate the country. You know, but mm-hmm. uh, Chris Wallace called it, uh, I think, racial sensitivity training. You know, he tried to, mm-hmm. you know, he said he said critical race theory. But then he said, what's wrong with, you know, race uh, racial sensitivity training? And we're seeing this play out, and we have the, the great possibility, it, it's, it's highly possible, and we know that people, they're still counting the votes and, and all that stuff, but that a new administration will uh, come in. So on the larger scale within our country, how do you see this playing out, you know, in this nation with these, uh, this critical race theory and, and uh, what they call racial sensitivity training and all that kind of stuff? How do you see this playing out on the larger scale in the nation?
2: Well, it, it, you know I, I, a number of ways. One, I, I always like to say that that if people can't call what they believe by the t- by its actual terms, then there's no reason to stand behind it. So mm. rather than trying to, to whitewash it with racial sensitivity, they should just simply call it critical race theory. It's mm-hmm. just like people who say uh, abortion is reproductive choice. Well, not really. <laughs> yeah. if you don't have the courage to stand and uh, and call you know what these things are that you support. If you can't do it, you might need to to reassess um, uh, your 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 advocacy of some of these positions. Yeah. But, but having said that, what, what I, with all due respect to, to Joe Biden, he, he was just way off there. Uh, <laughs> there there. The thing about critical race theory and anti racism is that it what it does is it reinforces this idea that racism is systemic because mm-hmm. we have so far eradicated racism in our society. Now, please, I, I don't want anybody to. To misinterpret what I'm about to say, I think on this side of heaven, we will always have some form of racism and discrimination. We are imperfect people. But our culture has eradicated racism so far that it had to be redefined to be systemic because we couldn't overtly find it. The problem is is when you continually tell multiple generations, particularly of of, of black children, that there's systemic racism, there's systemic injustice, Mm -hmm. what it does is it creates within them and, and blacks in general. A sense of hopelessness, because no matter what we do,
3: yeah.
2: systemic racism is omnipotent and omnipresent, <laughs> which means Man. it's always there to try to thwart our, our efforts. Wow! So that is a great way to reinstill hopelessness. And what we've seen in uh, particularly Black communities across the country uh, over uh, several generations is that hopelessness working itself out in real life. We have broken families. We have a high violence problem. We don't have men as husbands and fathers. Uh, The the, the crime is is unbearable. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're killing our children, whether it's outside of the womb or inside of the womb. Mm -hmm. We are going to prison. We're delaying the the reconstruction of the family. This is what happens. And so my concern is, despite what the world is trying to do inside the Church, that we have to—we, as the Bible says— be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. We have to take a different perspective on this and say, they want you to deal in hopelessness, we are going to deal in hope. And, we, and it all starts with saying that your value doesn't come because you're black, or your value is not minimized because you're white. Your value is centered because you've been created in God's image. So mm-hmm. you have intrinsic value, and that is what we need to start reinstilling particularly in American Blacks and Christian Blacks, this feeling of self-worth. We cannot go try to find self-worth and make other people love us before we are in a position to love ourselves. And I think that's only recaptured, again, by, by the Amada day. Mm. Our value comes from being created in the image of God, uh, again, redeemed in the image of Christ. Amen. So it's it's going to be, it's going to get very destructive, and I think Christians yeah. should be on the alert to say, yeah. we know it's coming, so we should prepare ourselves in advance to have very clear biblical theological answers to these problems.
1: Yeah, and that was one of the questions I wanted to ask, is, you know, using the straight, the straight edge of Scripture, you know, what are some passages that you can refer to that you, you know, that would deal with how we should... Uh, deal with each other, you know, in 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 these uh, with these concerns of critical race theory and all this stuff. Like, what are some passages that you would turn to?
2: Well, like you said, the Colossians passage uh, that you that you read earlier, mm-hmm. um, Galatians two twenty for sure, yeah. Galatians five twenty four. Um, I always go back to Leviticus uh, nineteen eight. Uh, that's generally my foundation. Okay. Uh, do not hate your brother in your heart. Mm. Love your neighbor. Uh, because I am the Lord. You know, that seems to be the foundation of not only <laughs> yeah. justice, but righteousness. And yeah. one thing that's happened in our culture is we've decoupled righteousness from justice. Justice mm. has almost become an idol. So wow. we have to turn back to the scriptures, go back to Ephesians, you know, go back to James, go mm-hmm. back to Romans, read these things, and then meditate on them. It doesn't do enough to read them. We need yeah. to meditate on these things. Amen and then try to apply them in our daily lives, because, again, we are ambassadors of and for Christ. Amen. So that, that's what I would I, I would suggest to, to fellow Christians. Awesome. Get back into the Bible.
1: Yes, yes. And just lastly, how can people follow you and read your articles, because you have some great stuff out there?
2: Uh, they can go to my personal website. It's derrickgreen.com. It's spelled D-E-R-R-Y-C-K, green, like the color, no E, mm-hmm. dot com.
1: Awesome. man! thank you so much for being on. Great insight on a very, very important topic. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: All right. God bless. And this has been Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Again, learn this stuff, you know, see what's going on, because it's, it, it's definitely having an effect, you know, upon the body of Christ and upon this country. And so I just want to encourage you uh, to stand firm on a straight edge of Scripture. That's the show for today. Be back tomorrow, Lord willing. Until then, God bless.